0: Abolition. Abolition. Today. Abolition.
1: Because it doesn't do anything one way or the other, I would urge my colleagues to blue light this resolution. I'll be voting no. I just think it's ultimately fake history that the 1870 Constitution allowed slavery.
2: It does do something. Because there's a difference between the word working and slavery. I've worked. I have never been a slave. That's a clear distinction. I'm proposing to close a loophole that has an exception for slavery for those who are duly convicted of a crime. And that's a strong message we can send as a state.
3: Now, I'm a non-lawyer, and most of my voters are non-lawyers, and I can't explain this amendment in words they can understand. I don't understand it. And the Constitution is too sacred to clutter up with a lot of stuff that non-lawyers can't explain to other non-lawyers. So I I guess I'll be voting no.
2: What we are proposing is, slavery and involuntary servitude are forever prohibited, period. Those who are incarcerated can still have a job, like in the kitchen or the library. I would really ask that we, as a Senate, as a body, close this loophole. I-26, four days,
4: is a double.
5: Hello, my name is Dennis Triegel. I'm a fellow at here in the New Jersey, working with incarcerated population. I've been so for the past eight years. I'm one of the organizers for Amendment 13th in the state of New Jersey. Uh, we are a collaborative that is looking to add anti-slavery language to the New Jersey Constitution. New Jersey ratified the 13th Amendment, the last state in the Union to do so, in 1866, and did not completely, fully ratify the 13th Amendment by not inscribing it into the New Jersey Constitution. We are asking as a people of New Jersey for those of us that fight for freedom and the, the fight of our ancestors that New Jersey had the language and yet removed what's called the Exception Clause, something designed in 1777 by the State of Vermont and it has spread throughout time to go from slavery to Crow, segregation to mass incarceration. The 13th Amendment is the first law to inscribe institutionalized racism and classism by creating a sub-status of a human being in the United States of America where we lose access to humans and civil rights section four of the universal declaration of human rights states slavery is abolished in all of its forms the state of new jersey and the united states of america are out of compliance my name is Yusuf hassan and i'm as a former member of or former resident
6: of patterson and jersey city i'm speaking in favor of ATR 145 the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution abolished chattel slavery, except as punishment for a crime. 21 states have identical language in their state constitutions. As a result of these exception clauses, those who were convicted were forced into labor through convict leasing, where the incarcerated were leased out by force to private corporations who would exploit their labor by paying them little or nothing, while the companies in millions
7: and billions in revenue. My name is Max Parthas, co-director for the Abolish Slavery National Network. I was born and raised in the first Ward of Patterson. I'm here in support of ACR 145, the Slavery Abolition Bill. Slavery is a globally recognized crime against humanity, which should not be codified into law under any circumstances. If New Jersey is subject to a federal amendment, which allows a crime against humanity to be legally practiced, we must provide constitutional protections for its citizens from said law.
2: My name is Laura Saha, I'm a member of the Paul Cuffe Abolitionist Center and the Abolished Slavery National Network. I stand before you as a native of North New Jersey, a person of diaspora, an African American, a Shinnecock Indian, and a slavery abolitionist. I also stand before you adding my voice to the voices of my people, all of my people. Long-suffering men, women, and children who have been denied dignity, equality, humanity, and most of all, the sweet breath of freedom promised to them by the Thirteenth Amendment. Chris Gabson.
3: Yes, hello. Good afternoon. Um, once again, uh, I just want to say thank you uh, to Assemblywoman McKnight, and um, the leadership, you know, at the state, uh, Chair Sumster, like Chair Timberlake, and just everyone for this revolution every day. Um, early in the day, we spoke about CCRBs, and now we're uh, focusing on um, amending the 13th Amendment. And so, you know, this morning, you know, I just feel like an abolitionist right now. I just feel in the same vein as John Brown, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass. And, um, you know, this fight right now is in New Jersey, right? The so New Jersey didn't finish the deal. You know, and uh, the gradual, the, uh, you know, the weight, you know, trying to appease the South uh, has caused us to create a whole cash system, whereas prison industrial complex was created. And so
4: um,
3: it's very important for this to be on the November ballot. Uh, it's very important for, you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, um, it, it tells corporations you know, you can't, you know, uh, exploit uh, prison labor, you know, to make millions. It's telling uh, people like Walmart, Walmart, Wendy McDonald's, Victoria's Secret. You know, um, it tells the rest of the world that, you know, you're going to have to divest in the prison industrial complex because, you know, you can't, um, you know, uh, utilize slave labor like that. Um, so it's very important for us to stand with states all throughout this country who have done so already, Colorado, Rhode Island, Nebraska, Utah, um, and to really um, take this fight nationally. Uh, So, you know, because it takes three-fourths of uh, states to ratify um, and to change the Constitution. So we're starting right here in New Jersey. It's a beautiful day. It's just a great look. This is an easy win. This is an easy victory because, you know, everyone in New Jersey can,
0: uh, you know, be
6: abolitionists.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: Abolition. You just heard the ten- uh, heard Tennessee Senator Ramesh Akbari addressing the Tennessee Senate, followed by slavery abolitionists Dennis Feebo, Max Parthish, Tribal Reign, Chris Gatson, and yours truly testifying before the New Jersey State Assembly, Community De- Development and Affairs Committee on ACR one hundred forty five to add anti slavery legislation into the New Jersey Constitution with the background track, a classic, Slavery is Back in Effect by Sister Soldier. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org. It's also available on all major podcast platforms and is simulcast on the Black Talk Radio Network. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthas. Peace, Max.
7: Peace, Brother Yusuf. And I'm here at the Paul Copy Abolitionist Center in Sumter, South Carolina.
6: So last week we celebrated our first anniversary. And we were join for a discussion on modern legal slavery with Ernestine Tina White, Martin Wyatt, the great, great, great grandniece of Harriet Tubman. This week, we will discuss Senate committee testimonies in multiple states on bills to end slavery that have happened over the past few weeks, including personal testimony by the host of Abolition Today, that's Max and myself, in support of NJ ACR 145 We'll also be joined in discussion by Abolish Slavery National Network Co-Director of States uh, Operations, Dennis Febo and 2020 Presidential Candidate, the Hood Candidate, Andy Williams. And as always, we'll have music, poetry, a masterclass on modern constitutional slavery abolition, updates on the national movement, and we'll bring the Ancestors' words to life with the El Bridging the Gap segment. So, Max, what a week, right?
7: No, man. It's been amazing, Uh We had a big meeting. Of course, the New Jersey testimony was was great. I felt some kind of way being able to testify in my home state. And we were joined even by my wife. You heard Tribal Rain was up in there, you know, doing poetry and whatnot. Yep. And I love the way the brother was talking about, you know, I feel like an abolitionist. We could all be abolitionists and no true words have ever been spoken. Then a couple of days ago. Uh Decarcerate Louisiana uh headed by Brother Lomba and uh, brother Curtis Davis <clears throat> had their first uh coalition meeting. I think it was like forty fifty seven people attended forty seven signees mm-hmm. are uh, involved in and <clears throat> in representing several dozen different organizations, including uh various institutes of justice uh Senator uh, Jordan was there, Edmund Jordan. Uh, councilwoman was there, all kinds of organizations. And it was amazing to see. Louisiana is about to set the pace for all of us to show us how it's done. As a matter of fact, they invited me to come down April 7th and be a part of the press release where they'll have Oscar nominee uh, Fox Rich from the film Time will be there speaking, myself, okay. um, the organizers, and several other uh, big names will be there as well. So I'm looking forward to being there on the 7th, which is only a couple weeks away. Um, Then I had a conversation with our former guest from last week, uh, Tina uh, Wyatt, uh, Mm -hmm. niece of Harriet Tubman, and she's on board with us 100%, just like Brother Kenneth Morris is. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everybody's using their likenesses and their images and the words of Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman, but their descendants are down with us in the slavery slavery abolitionist movement. Uh, So we'll be on a panel with her, you, me. And Sister Savannah Eldridge uh, on April 24th uh, talking on her dime, so to speak. Yeah, that's going to be nice. And uh, one other thing that happened is Brother Tag Harmon contacted me recently, and he has received a grant in order to come down here to Sumter, South Carolina and spend a month at the Paul Cuffee Abolitionist Center working with me. He's going to get some college credits for it and everything since we're a 501c3. So that's been my week, man. Plus a lot more, but that's what I can tell. Right,
6: uh, that's an awesome week, man. Uh, it, it felt really good uh, testifying before the uh, the New Jersey uh, State Assembly, and just even so when I first signed up, you know, I'm thinking, okay, they'll deal with us first, and then I saw that there were two other bills that they wanted to address, and everything tied in. It was sort of like. They aligned this perfectly. The first bill dealing with uh, youth interaction with police and they put in certain restrictions on police as to what they could do with the youth regarding taking them to the station and things of that nature. And then going into the bill, creating a statewide CCRB, uh, uh, Civilian Complaint Review Board against police forces across the entire state of New Jersey. So that passed committee. And we saw the Fraternal Order of Police on the call, uh, and, you know, you see how they did. Everyone had two minutes, but what they did was have someone come on and defer his time so the guy could just come on and speak. And he spoke like he was the victim, you know, the Fraternal Order of Police. And I thought that was very unique hearing that, just how they came on here. They're the ones out here brutalizing and violating people's rights, but they're the victims. And then it culminating with uh, ACR 145 and just seeing so much support for it uh, from known slavery abolitionists and just regular people, you know, from the communities just coming on and speak. So it was just really great seeing that. And I can't wait until we're doing it in other states, you know, we're going to just keep it going. So I was I was uh, a little... <laughs> caught off guard by being you know we didn't get on until about one in the afternoon but i was glad i stayed for the entire thing and it was just a great event for the week
7: yeah I felt so the max same we man. have uh oh i'm it sorry ahead, i felt the same it was worth the time invested to hear the testimonies and big shout out to my brother dennis Febo and uh representative Knight for getting the word out yes. so well uh, to get so many people to show up uh from what i heard uh they don't normally see that many people come in to testify on something, and Jersey was proud about it. I'm sure Dennis will tell right. us all about that.
6: Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I had someone listening in, and, you know, she even said, well, when is it going to happen in New York? Because I want to testify. And I, I just felt really good about that, hearing that.
7: Right, right. Same here. Um, And I'm, I don't want to forget what happened in Tennessee. That's the first time we've ever gotten any no votes ever. But, you know, in Tennessee – when you walk into the Capitol building, there's a bust of the founder of the K- Klan right there, the first grand mm-hmm. dragon, right there at the freaking Tennessee uh, State Building, where all of these you know, uh, senators and congresspeople have to go through on a daily basis. And also, it's right. the home state of Core Civic, which is the largest for-profit prison company in the country here. Uh, so, it's a right. lot going on in Tennessee. I'm not surprised to see These Klansmen stand up there and say, no, uh, I don't think I want to end slavery with these dumbass reasons, you know, but we've got a lot to talk about today, and I do want to give our guests a heads up. We're going to end up having three guests today, maybe a caller or two as well, so let's try to keep our conversation brief, which means we're all leaders here. We could talk about this issue all day long, so let's try to be, you know, keep it in a Socratic dialogue. Uh, I guess with that said, we should go ahead and bring them in, huh?
4: Yeah,
6: it's about that time Let's do it Uh, right. go ahead Yeah, I was just going to bring I was going to bring in Dennis first Since he's a, you know, that's family Dennis is family, we've had him on Quite a few times, we've played The song quite a few times that they have And, you know, you and You and Dennis work Together, you know, as as Co-chairs of the state operations For the Abolish Slavery National Network And, you know Dennis is pretty much who set it off in New Jersey for establishing the amended 13th movement. Uh, so, I guess without further ado, we're going to bring in Dennis Feebo into the show. Dennis, welcome home, brother.
8: Peace, family.
9: Blessings. Peace, peace. Do you like
7: that drop oh, yeah, in the so beginning, I'm Dennis? <laughs> Did you like that drop oh, yeah. in the beginning? Yes. Yeah, play- yeah, Be- yeah you know, in the
8: It was uh, two seconds (laughs) into the the radio started playing. Two seconds in, no time.
6: (laughs) (laughs) And we have our other guest here as well. Uh, Max, you want to bring him in?
7: Uh, Yeah. Andy Williams is the founder of the Democratic-Republican Party. He also ran for president as the hood candidate in 2020. And the brother's also, uh, I I believe he's an attorney, and he's been telling me some Uh, Plans and agendas that he's got set up about using the uh, Section 2 of the 13th Amendment and badges and incidents of slavery to start some national class action lawsuit, and I'd like to hear about that as well. So without further ado, uh, welcome to Abolition Today, Andy Williams. Peace. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on, comrades.
4: Hey, peace, brother. Uh,
7: You heard
10: that opening track too, right? Man, for sure, bro. That's gotta Man. be on the CD we got called "Let My People Go."
7: <laughs> I know, right? Like that is history right there, in the making. Like, who'd have ever thought you'd hear something like that? I'm just so proud that we can all be a part of this change that's uh, coming forward. Um, I want I, we got some questions and some things we want you guys to chime in on throughout the night. That's you know in the news and stuff like that. But I do want to start out first. By giving you both a chance to introduce yourselves and what you got going on so we'll start with you Andy uh, tell us a little bit about yourself
10: well um, I'm out of Illinois a little suburb of Aurora was been in prison in 91 came up under the blueprint of growth and development put me on a political mindset just to better our communities and in 2020 under the spirit of Marcus Garvey, I'm saying, look, I can run for this president stuff. Um, I have experience. And so from that, um, just stepping out, removing the, the mentality of I got to ask somebody to do something for me, what we ought to be doing for ourselves, I ran, um, learned a lot, uh, came out as an independent, joined the Libertarian Party, and then just didn't participate in their, you know, the last thing when they chose a candidate and went back as an independent, but now um, one of the places on the campaign stopped was South Carolina, and the spirit moved so strong there that I just started working with you know um, activists and abolitionists out of South Carolina and started reading about this 13th Amendment Section 2 clause about removing our badges and in incidents of slavery. I probably spent about two months reading about it, and now we're just at the point that we're going to go file freedom suits. And so Under the Badges and Incidents of Slavery, you have to remove anything that looks, smell, act like you're trying to enslave somebody. And every piece of legislation they have passed is a badge and incident of slavery. The 1994 crime bill, putting more slave patrols, slave catchers, is a badge and incident of slavery. And the, the act that we use is the Ku Klux Klan Act. That was one of the Enforcement Acts of 1871 after the 13th Amendment passed. So I just want to go in across the nation as a private attorney general or class action because I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a brother that can read and understand this law, study this word to show myself approved, and I have one agenda, freedom. Let my people go. You heard, Moses.
4: (laughs) That's right. Right. Amen to that. (laughs)
10: We ain't asking nobody. We telling you we're going to do it. I have a three-point plan. Litigation. That's under the 13th Amendment. Legislation. We um, have a, a, a bill that we're introducing called the Restorative Justice Act, and it's basically to remove all badges and incidents of slavery. Uh, Congress has a bill, H.R. 40, has uh, about 168 co-sponsors on it. It's just, it talks about um, seeing the role the United States has uh participate in slavery, well, they ain't never stopped and then
4: that's the right third
10: one is the run <laughs> yeah the third one is to run for office. and I stated in the spirit of Malcolm X that this has to be done by any means necessary. So litigation, legislation, and if all us abolitionists and activists ran for office in our communities, in our state, in our city, by the year 2025 we'll have a whole new, a whole new United States, because we, the people, are in power. And we're not in power to oppress. We're in power to hold you accountable. So if Joe Biden, if he's still alive, well, you going to have to go on the plantation too, homeboy, because you violated the 13th <laughs> Amendment. Hillary Clinton, you alive. This ain't personal. It's just called mm-hmm. accountability. We want equal justice under the law. So you and right. all you other bougie Negroes and sisters and whoever else, That didn't want to stand up and fight in the spirit of Harriet Tubman, Sergeant the truth. Malcolm X. Mark quit talking about them if you ain't gonna be about them. Just shut up. We don't need no. Let's celebrate Max and the guy from New Jersey and you know our modern day abolitionists. Let's just celebrate us. I hear that, brother. Uh, Right.
7: Well, let me uh, pass the mic over to my brother Dennis Febo, if you don't mind giving a quick uh, reintroduction of yourself here to potential new listeners and. Let us know uh, your thoughts on what, you know, happened just recently because of you. These family, Dennis Fibo,
11: uh,
8: founder and CEO of Guasabara, uh, which was Gloria Insights uh, Health and Education Services. I work with incarcerated adults and juveniles in New Jersey. Um, I've been doing so for the past eight years, Uh, a couple of years, maybe about three years ago, working Uh, With our incarcerated community members, teaching our curriculum on culture and social consciousness, we decided together, um, and this is something I really love about what's going on in Jersey, because this started in Hudson County Corrections with my group and what we decided to do. Senator Rice and Angela McKnight, Assemblywoman McKnight, came and addressed the guys and thanked them for introducing it. You know, and then COVID hit uh we uh everything came to a halt right we got delayed we got delayed to this year um i was i hadn't been in the jail uh for this whole past year um and organically and coincidentally uh two weeks ago i get called back into the jail and then you know a week and a half later i get a a, a call that you know for my efforts on am pushing on which I'll, I'll go into a little later because that's strategy but on our efforts, on pushing on this one dude that was controlling the uh, the agenda to put it up for the vote.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, I was in the jail that day, right, um, and I was uh, I was letting them know I had to run to the car in the parking lot to come get on this Zoom because we had to testify for the bill. So I came back up. It was already 12, right? It took so long because so many people called in, which was a great thing. <laughs> but then after it passed, and I went back upstairs. One of the guys was waiting by the window, and he's banging on the window when I opened the elevator open, and I go, oh, what's the matter? He goes, did it pass? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it passed. And then he turned around, it passed, and everybody started cheering.
4: Right? <laughs> so it was,
8: uh, it was beautiful because I got to experience it on the call, but I was also running in and out of the building, so I got to experience it. with. I felt like I got to share it with them, uh, which to me was just, really empowering and also raise some other questions because now they got questions, you're feeble, so that means that uh that means they don't go and pay me a dollar a day no more, right. I am like, well, uh, we got to sue, we got to sue these motherfucking first. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to hold on. But, yeah, eventually that's what it was. And, uh, and then they're like, yo, fever It's like imagine you in the jail, you trying to hook somebody up, like, yo, fever. if you can pop me off at 15 an hour, yo, yo, I got you, B.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dennis, uh,
6: another thing that we probably don't speak about enough of is I'd say you're the driving force behind uh, the establishment of the Abolish Slavery National Network, because you just had the idea, hey, let me shoot out the Colorado and, you know, see what they did to get slavery abolished in Colorado. And then eventually you brought uh, me and Max in and others in and, you know, back in August, what was August 28th, we launched, launched the national campaign. So, you know, definitely appreciative of that as well.
8: Hey man, I, I'm not when I when I put, I put I got to put the information for myself together through study that it hit me that this was it. But when it did, I knew there was
7: nothing else I could do. Mm. Yeah, I wish other people would feel that way, man. Uh, Andy felt that way, I'm sure, from what he's been saying. You know, as soon as he heard about it, he's like, oh, we're gonna do something about this, and then he made it the centerpiece of what he's trying to work on. And, uh, you know, he's talking about the lawsuits and stuff, and you're like, yo, we got to do the lawsuit." So you got somebody right. that's going to be helping you out with that. And, of course, Habakkuk Cannon out uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the abolitionist law firm that she's established. Uh a lot we got to look forward to. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, let me introduce you to Andy, Meet Dennis. Dennis, me, Andy. <laughs>
10: Hey, hey, Dennis, man! I've been down to Jersey, man. I got family out there in Red Bank, man.
8: Blessings, okay, brother. County, blessing. you're County, out here, you know. <laughs> My <Mom-it. laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blessings, brother. Anytime you're in Jersey,
7: Holler. I'll be we in got, Jersey
8: in the next couple months.
7: <laughs> we got one more caller. We're expecting to call in one of our sponsors from Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, brother S J. If you happen to be on the line, man. Remember to press one so we know it's you. We've got a few callers on the line that are just calling in to listen. So uh, when, SJ, when you do get on, just remember to press one so we know that you're there and we'll bring you in. All right, you see? So I, w- I want to talk
6: more to Andy because uh, this, is, this is my first uh, uh, encounter with him. So I'm curious as to the name, the hood candidate. Could you explain how you came up with that name? Uh,
10: I put a suit on, and I put a white hoodie hoodie on, and uh, I feel like so often in the hood, we don't feel we qualify because somebody hasn't, you know, told us. And I said, listen, I'm a corporate thug. Which way y'all want to do this? Now, I'm from <clears> the street, but I'm qualified to speak on any topic and provide solutions. Cause and, I, and and so the hood candidate is basically the brother from the hood that's rising up and saying, in the spirit of the Black Panther Party, in the spirit of Marcus Garvey, in the spirit of those who have went before us, we no longer have to ask somebody to represent us. I don't want to ask nobody to represent me. When I file these suits in court, which I sued the governor and, and Donald Trump, and it's in an appellate court right now, and the governor, mm-hmm. well, the attorney general is representing uh, the governor – they done asked for three continuances. What what is it y'all so long? Come on. So, you know, um, the city of Aurora, I had got stopped by some police. I sued them too. The mayor, city council, chief of police, because the understanding of the law is basically saying, listen, we from the hood don't mean we stupid, don't mean we slow. You know, mm-hmm. I can read the same book you read. Why do I got to have you read something to me? If I can read it, what we need is understanding. And we from the hood, we run in the we run the world. We can't keep asking the master. So that's where the hood candidate came in from, because it was geared towards the hood. You know, restoring the neighbor back to the hood. We should resurrect Black Wall Street. I don't need Michael Bloomberg to do it. I just need Michael Bloomberg to give me that bread as a seed, because the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So that's where the hood candidate comes in. We have a whole CD that I produced with that. Never released it, but it, it, it's done. Got to record it to let the hood know we 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 have the power. So that's where it came from. So I got a little suit on with a white hoodie,
7: and I love it. <laughs> I think it's cool <laughs> as hell. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. I, I, I'm appreciative too. You're exactly what we've been asking people to do. Stop telling your kids to just go out and vote. Tell them to run for office. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Uh, instead of asking somebody else to do something for you, we can do it for ourselves. And usually, we know what it is we need better than anybody else. I want to move the, com- the commentary over to Dennis for a minute. Dennis uh, was sent some information recently. I think that is like a smoking gun, uh, and that is the prohibition, act, prohibited acts from the New Jersey Administration Code for their prisons, ten A. And we were looking at that, man, and right there under their codes, uh, they have, you know, you can't refuse work. If you refuse work, that's the same violation as rape or assault. You can't uh, inspire others to uh, refuse work. You can't refuse to be told. To, you can't say no to somebody who's telling you to do something in the prisons itself. It's literal forced labor right there in their code. Right, Dennis?
8: Yes, sir. Uh, that's part of the administrative code, for, uh, which, you know, a lot of people don't understand the, the difference between law and code, but that is the, you know, the state's administrative department's ability to discipline. And in this case, you know, being told to work, you cannot refuse work. Uh, a lot of brothers and sisters that have been behind the wall would attest to that. Um, and that was a conversation with a brother that had just served. 20 years he's been out too. brother Anton Henshaw from Camden uh, he's the one that put me on he said this is what they would cite us with if we refused work we knew we, we knew in there that that's not something you did
7: yeah, mm. and behind that,
6: yep. yeah exactly because behind that you know refusal of work besides uh, you know, being written up. I mean, they can, they can end up in solitary. In solitary, they can end up uh, losing visits, losing commissary, losing phone calls. But more importantly, it, it affects their release date. They can lose their computation time. You know, uh, they could be disqualified from, you know, any type of early releases, like uh, going to the halfway house. So it's trickle down, and it just reminds me of, you know what we witnessed last year, down in uh, Alabama. Max, was it Alabama? Yes. Okay, in Alabama, when those incarcerated down there
7: no, that uh, was were refusing,
6: Louisiana, Louisiana, where they were refusing yeah. to work because of COVID, and the administration actually brought out shotguns and forced them to work at gunpoint. During uh, I think it was over the summer I don't recall offhand but we actually
7: covered it. Mhm. Yeah, they uh I believe it was cell block D went out <clears throat> excuse me went out to work and then another cell block said look we don't want to go out and work because you know we don't want to be interacting with each other like that with this COVID going on and you're not providing us with basic necessities to protect ourselves and. Uh, they chose that as a unit, and apparently that is one of those codes that you can't violate, and the reply to that was to go get the shotguns and march them out there to work where they were forced to work in the fields like it was 1840 <laughs> under right. threat of death. I want to read a couple of these code violations, uh, and Dennis, uh, comment on it after I'm finished with that if you don't mind.
6: Max, Max give me one second. I just want to say – uh, okay. S.J., if you're on the line, press 1 so we know that you're on the line. That's all I wanted yeah. to say, Max, because I saw a new absolutely. call that came in.
7: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to him calling in. Uh, okay, so 254. And remember, this is all ranked in the same categories as rape and assault, right? These are uh, mm-hmm. code violations that an inmate can commit and be punished for them. Refusing to work or to accept a program or or housing unit, uh, unit assignment. Encouraging others to refuse to work or to participate in work stoppages. Refusing to obey an order of a staff member. Ex, an ex, unexcused absence from work or any assignment. Being late. Failing to perform work as instructed by a staff member. On three occasions they made sure that your ass knows you're supposed to work or else. Dennis,
8: Yeah, that is the case. And, you know, uh, what's kind of funny, and not funny, but that we made the argument in the past, um, why, you know, what do you mean pay someone minimum wage who's behind the wall, right? Uh, When I first heard it, I thought, amazing, some of these brothers can send money to their families and their children, uh, they can save up. So when they come home, they have money so that they can find somewhere to live and, and, be, and be able to transition. That, that was my argument. But going back into the jail here in Hudson, New Jersey, I found out that in order to, quote, unquote, minimize contact, which doesn't because what they did was subcontract any of the cleaning services away from my incarcerated brothers and sisters
4: and gave them to
8: the contractors. All the contractors are Latin American brothers and sisters. All of them. All the cleaning people in that building. And yet I'm assuming that if it's a government contract, that means that they are at least getting paid minimum wage. So it's funny, mm-hmm. they took away the work from those incarcerated, subcontracted it to pay it out at minimum wage to someone else anyway, with no complaints. So the ability to sustain, the ability for them to perform labor, and get paid and sustained is
7: 1,000% there because I've seen it with my own eyes. 1,000% mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there in every state in the union. And I'm sure we'll find this code repeated in different states if we just look for it. Um, I'm going to take it back over to Brother Andy with some recent news and get your commentary on that. Uh, we just seen two of the biggest countries in the in the world, come out against the United States in regards to their use of torture, slavery, and genocide. That would be China and Russia. And China did it at a U.N. meeting where they said, uh, let me read it here. It says, they, uh, in a brief a sharp statement, Jiang criticized U.S. military intervention abroad that had resulted in tremendous death of civilians and faulted U.S. forces for having slaughtered innocent civilians and conducted torture in other countries. He said the U.S. neither apologized for its evil past of genocide, nor provides reparations to the victims, he said. Without elaborating, the U.S. has failed to take effective measures to control the COVID-19 pandemic, resulting in the loss of hundreds of thousands of victims. And then the reply from, this, I believe it was Secretary of State, they replied with, we're not perfect, far from it, but we're trying to do our thing and live up to our highest ideas and principles oh, man, does that trigger me when white supremacists tend to say something like, we are not perfect in regards to crimes against humanity. How the hell is that even a reply? And then Biden came out and said basically, not Biden, Putin came out and said basically the same thing. You're committing genocide. You're still enslaving African-Americans. You're still committing racism. And he showed us the history of this country and how it was built you know so i know that those are some of the core things that you're addressing in your campaigns and it
10: is and um those are allies for us because and i don't want to go too far putting the word out there but great britain, great britain and the, and the vatican they they ain't they on the hook too so you know what i'm saying like We look at the United States, and when they say in 1619 our ancestors who were kidnapped came into what the British colonies of Virginia, because Great Britain still rocks the United States. They still pay homage to the Queen. The Treaty of Paris, if we really begin to look in the timeline of history, Great Britain is still running the United States. That's why there's no governor in Washington. But that's because I understand this stuff and I have the documents to back it up. And so I'm beginning to look at the allies across the United, I mean, across the world and say, hey, who's with us? Who's an enemy? And who's an ally? So when we start popping these jokers with these 13th Amendment suits, that's why we have a three-point plan because we know the Klan is still in some of these courtrooms. They're the descendants. Not going to go against your grandfather unless you've renewed your mind. So we got to look at this from a strategy, saying we need litigation, we need legislation, and we need to run for office. Now we can flip the script. Now we can reverse the curse, because because of Moses, who I draw so much inspiration from, he didn't come in his, his own strength. He told you what the Father said, and they didn't lift a finger and defeated Pharaoh. And that's where we're at. Like this. The fear that I, I hear so many people saying, well, they're not going to do this. That's because you think they're not going to do it. They don't have no choice. This has been written. We are the Joshua generation. We're the generation that's saying, hell, we in the promised land. We ain't going nowhere. If you finna go somewhere. You're going to be destroyed. And that's scriptural, Acts 7, verse 7, Genesis 15, verse 14. And t- hear me when I tell you all this. I'm not a religious joker. I can't mm-hmm. believe my roof start with Hebrew. I can't believe I'm one of them Hebrew boys that was thrown in the furnace. That's all. You ain't going to get every one of the descendants. We're still here. And that's right. just for me. I'm not, I don't, I, because that whole Christianity, religion, and all that, it's done got us bound. you waiting on a Savior, and we are the Savior.
6: We well, are well the one savior. thing I would say wow. is, uh, uh, as the Reverend Dr. Uh, Shirley
4: Caesar would say, <laughs>
11: We're going to tear your kingdom down. <laughs> yeah.
4: yep. So yes.
6: just like you just said, brother.
10: <laughs> yeah, because I say to this, to that, with Shirley Cesar, thank you. My kingdom is not of this world. It's not. And when we look at that Dred Scott decision, when the Supreme Court Justice Cheney said, because it was a positive note he said in there, when he said you will never be citizen you will always be subject to the common law of your kingdom. See, that's telling you, bro, we don't have no jurisdiction over you. Right, and we no longer slaves. We ain't never been slaves. I didn't understand what Kanye said, 400 years for real, but I understand it now. Mm -hmm. Bro, we led more slave revolts than they even want to talk about, which gives us, our generation, the opportunity to sing about it, make movies about it. You know, we can do that and now the whole world is going to see, well, we're going to get the wealth from the wicked and then hold you jokers accountable, because when the scripture says, I'm going to judge the nation that enslaved you, he need his disciples down here to implement it. we waiting on God right. to do it. He's like, no, I'm giving you the authority. Go do it. And this is how y'all do it. You run for office. You pass the law. All we want to do is repeal. Repeal, 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 repeal. Badges and incidents of slavery, accountability. Give us our civil damages and shut y'all down because this is not make America great again. Make America what it was before it was America, free, before you jokers come go. over here and set up shop and stole some land that ain't even yours and put your name on it and set up shop. Imagine <laughs> well, us doing right. that in a dope game. We don't do so, that in a dope game.
6: No, you definitely can't. And it's the, like the perfect segue to something that we want to play. Uh, did you well, want to say something before I played the next clip, Max?
7: Yes, I I did, Uh, and I also want to get a little bit of commentary from the brothers before we play the clip, if that's okay with you. You mentioned, Andy, that uh, these countries are our allies, and I believe that in this instance, uh, that is true, that if they're speaking out against slavery, genocide, human trafficking, to a degree, they are our allies because this is a major nation talking about this, and it holds weight, but we know that everybody ain't an ally and we saw that in the beginning of the show with the clips from the Tennessee representatives, and I want to call out their names. The four who took their stand yes. on Monday to I, vote I against the, the do, you, do you have
6: the names? I have the
7: names. Yeah, I got them. Uh, those okay. are S- state senators Joe Hensley, Janice Bowling, Brian Kesley, Kelsley, and Frank Nicely. <laughs> wow, the names don't fit what they did, that's for sure. <laughs> and... Three out of four of them actually have been receiving contributions from Core Civic, uh, the largest for-profit prison company in the country, which was forced to change its name because of what Kanye West did with his song when he gave him such a bad name when they were CCA, you know, CCA working with the DEA trying to make new slaves and the song, New Slaves. So I want to get your commentary. We'll start with Dennis about... Uh, the no votes in Tennessee, and then I'll get the same from Brother Andy. So Dennis?
11: Um, You
8: know, uh, sometimes I feel like I would love to live in a perfect world, right, where every human being would stand up against us. And, you know, we've all contemplated what would be the biggest thing they could throw at us, right? What, What oppositional argument should be provided not that it would take away from your morality but that could cause that could cause confusion and hearing those those men stand up there and say the nonsense that they spe- you know spew the nonsense that they spewed uh, i can really feel really happy because you know again it's proving that this this question is the litmus question for it all. This is gonna make them all have to declare themselves on the vote. right? And um, now that they've declared themselves, and this will be in the state of Tennessee, which we would expect, right? Because Tennessee is the South, right? And mm-hmm. it's, at least it's the first four knows, we did get one abstention. Uh, a lot of people are very angry right now in New Jersey at this one Assemblyman Simmons, soul, shouting you out, homie, for abstaining and remaining silent when the time was uh, called. Uh, you will be remembered, uh, especially now that it's election season. We're not going to let you campaign properly, Papa. So besides <laughs> that, um, we know because uh, I just had a little idea. Maybe we should just start putting their names up there. So everybody knows who the nose are. Let the nose declare themselves. Let them show their true colors so that way we know who we're dealing
4: with. You
8: know, like Malik Shabazz said, you know, the fox and the wolf, right? Let mm-hmm. them declare themselves.
7: I feel you on that, man, for sure. Because uh, the arguments were pretty damn stupid. Like, I can't understand it. Uh, it takes a lawyer to explain it. Uh and, and, and along those lines or I don't think that it's slavery. And shout out to the organizers out in uh Tennessee making it happen. Uh right. Representative Mark Bari, as well as Chelsea of Glass, uh, who we've been in communication with. Uh we're very proud of what you have accomplished there. All right, brother Andy, any commentary on what you heard from? Jeannie. What Jeannie? Okay. Jeannie. Shout out to the so, fam um, there.
10: I say take the bill that we're trying to pass in Tennessee and then name the four uh, ones that opposed it as conspirators for violating the Ku Klux Klan Act. (laughs) Bring them up on charges. That's what I do. Uh, I I totally agree. (laughs) And see, what I do understand is how to take these places I'm going to say this, all y'all brothers, we about to, excuse me, we about to fuck some shit up based on what I see today. Because it's not me, it's us. I'm doing my part with drafting these suits, this legal stuff, that this is what I get. And it's like, hey, here's the blueprint. Say this, do this, boom. And when we do it across the states as a united front, that's the whole purpose of the Democratic-Republican Party that dissolved in 1825. I'm saying it's time to end the war, unite the party. But I ain't asking you old Jim Crow mindset mugs to do this. I'm saying our generation can do this. We got LeBron, we got Curtis Blow, like we got the whole hip-hop industry. You know, all of us is out here, and all we saying is we want freedom. Get your domestic terrorist ass motherfuckers out our damn hood.
7: Say a little louder for the people in the back, bro. <laughs> that's
10: right.
7: <laughs>
4: hey, I'm not
10: telling you I hate you because of your skin color. Cause some of you niggas is the same. I'm saying I hate what y'all are doing because you follow my, a system that's set in place. So now my generation is saying we finna hold you accountable. Period. Thanks, man.
6: No, we we definitely need that. And just a reminder that uh abolition today is rated PG thirteen, but we don't censor anyone. What a person says is what a person says.
7: Word. Same thing with the music. Uh with that I want to go ahead and get into this clip. Uh we what we're gonna play is a clip of Anthony Brian Logan presenting mm. his pro slavery argument. Now Anthony Brian Logan is a black man. Conservative. And he is pro-slavery apparently He'll tell you in his own words And that's going to be followed by k Rhino. It's always warm. So for our guests, please hang on Have a smoke break, coffee break, whatever And take a listen We'll have our commentary on the other side of this You're listening to Abolition Today AbolitionToday.org We're here with Dennis Feebo and Andy Williams And we're waiting for one more guest And we'll be right back after this Abolition Abolition. Today
9: the reason why i said you should not abolish it is because i agree with the clause in there that kanye west is not let's read the amendment in question and then we'll break it down neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the united states or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Now, what does that mean? That means slavery has been abolished. That was back in the 1860s. But if you are a criminal, if you've been convicted, if you're in a penitentiary jail or whatever, you can be a slave. That's why you got people working in there for a dollar a day or something like that it's because of the 13th amendment so i knew what kanye west meant right away he meant let's take out the part in there that says except as a result of being convicted of a crime let's have slavery be totally wiped away but even a place like tmz which he's been so gracious to over the past few days weeks months or whatever they put out a headline talking about Kanye West wants to abolish 13th Amendment, which outlaws slavery. So people reading that, they think that Kanye West wants to bring slavery back because he wants to abolish the 13th Amendment, but that's not what it is, all right? Even a person like Ava DuVernay, who made a documentary about the amendment, which says that you can be a slave again in jail. Spoke out against Kanye. You should be supporting the man. But I guess your political affiliation comes even beyond your own personal interest. Okay? You should support him because this statement kind of, you know, validates your particular piece of artwork or whatever you want to call it, your documentary 13th. But we see how deranged and crazy liberals are. They'll be so far into their ideology they'll miss things that would even help themselves. So I disagree with it because I think that the clause should, should be in there be as in a deterrent. If you don't want to, you be don't to be a slave again, again don't sign don't up. Sign up for, or don't or commit don't crime. Crime, crime. Cry me a river. If you want to be out here slanging dope, beating up old ladies or whatever, and then you get sent to the penitentiary and you got to shovel horse maneuver or press license plates for a dollar every two days then so be it that was your choice to get into a life of crime now that doesn't mean i think everything up under the sun should be illegal there should be some reform there you shouldn't just be able to get locked up for just any old random thing you know, but at the same time if you're out here committing crime harming people, harming yourself or whatever making society more dangerous and you get sent to the penitentiary I think that, think clause that laws of the First Amendment would be, would be good to have, to have in there, there to prevent, prevent you, from you from recidivizing and prevent you from coming from there in the, in the first place. place if I know that when I get sent to the penitentiary, not only will it be dangerous but I'll be a slave again maybe I won't commit crime maybe I'll try to figure out something else in my life
0: Abolition. Abolition. After date. Man, if you notice, every time something goes down in the black community, the first thing they do is bring some other black person on the TV screen to justify the wrong that just happened to the black person. See that's all set up by these news networks, man. Don't pay attention to these rat soup eating bastards, man. Get the real. Come on. When you watch Fox News, just sit back, y'all. Every time something go down, they get that call. Black person gets killed by a cop's assault. Another black coon saying it's the victim's fault. Look at him grinning and teasing. He's so smiley. Can't wait to show his loyalty to Bill O'Reilly. Any other time, Bill will be cutting you off. But since you selling out your people, he gon' let you talk. I'm shaking my head, tripping on how fake you are. You say the cop was in the right damn. What tape you saw? You done straight came off like a phony and lied. Talking Body would've live if he only complied. The folks that hate us most, them the people you trust. Who the hell told your dumb ass you speaking for us? Buff dance every time that you get your chance. But if we put you in the hood, you'll shit your pants. Boy, I tell you, man, it's always one. You still kissing the ass after all they done. You gon' ride with the course, you gon' slide with the law. Body looking for a piece, they can slide in the jaw. That's yeah, boy, I tell you, man. here looking for a piece, they could slide in they jar. I got a lot more drama to go. I laugh harder at them than at a comedy show. Whatever they say about us, that's what you agree to. Kind of funny how that's the only time we see you. It's sickening. What's happening in the mind of these dudes? I be wondering where the hell they be finding these fools and these dumb shits too. I ain't with that yet. You gotta drop it like it's hot just to get that check. See the news networks slick way to be racist is to get dumb black folks to make those statements they don't even recognize how they mind and flip, co-sign like you trying to help them buy my a whip, see, pimpin' ain't dead cause I'm watching the show, gotta prove to white America that you's a good hoe, oh, they be laughing at you soon, you gon' learn that's true, don't try to bring your ass back when they turn on you, huh, boy I tell you man it's always one, you still kissing the ass after all they done, you gon' ride with the courts, you gon' slide with the law. Out here looking for a piece, they could slide in they jaw. Now these dumb dog. preachers out here, they of the worst. You let these climbing politicians all in your church. You let them in the pulpit, let them sing in the choir. Whole congregation clapping for this slick ass liar. Why he coming to the church now? Nah, he never been with you. Now you giggling and lining up to take you a picture. He a killer laying in the weeds ready to get you. Bet his ass couldn't quote one line of the scripture. They just want the black vote. He don't have no respect. Oh, I get it now. He done cut the pastor a check. So you lead the sheep to slaughter glad to elect but once you get elected you suffer the after effect you big dummy you don't even notice i ain't come at you three years and he ain't did nothing that he promised you now you're trying to call him but that didn't work he changed his number the same day he left your church fool boy i tell you man it's always one. you still kissing the ass after all they done you going ride with the courts you going slide with the laws i did looking for a piece they can slide in they jaw yeah boy i tell you man it's always Yes, after all they done. You go ride with the courts you go side with the laws. Out here looking for a peace, they could slide in their jaws. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: Abolition. That was black slavery supporter Anthony Bryan logo Logan and now that, that was followed by k Rhino's track, It's Always One. So, uh uh Andy, what you think of the uh the clip and the track?
10: Well, Anthony Brian Logan doesn't understand about black codes and slave codes, so we need to give him a
1: history lesson
10: and hope he wake up. And the clip is always one. That's just fire, bro. That's just fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, bitch.
4: <Just> <laughs>
6: yeah. Ooh, FIBO.
7: Yeah, man, that's COINTELPRO. Pro, tell bro, huh? Uh, you know, he, he acted like he knew what he was talking about. Like he really understood yes the sir. argument and expressed it. Yes, and sir. And then yes. come out saying, you know, it's a good deterrent. <laughs> if you know you're going to be a slave, you won't commit a crime. I was like, wow, well, this is one of the arguments that they're presenting, you know. Uh, so anything else you want to add to that, people? Yeah, smart enough to
8: know that incarceration is not and has been proven over and over again, overwhelmingly, not a deterrent towards crime. If slavery was a deterrent towards crime, then there wouldn't be a 75 to 80% national recidivism rate. Right? That just means that it wasn't.
6: Yeah. Well, whenever we bring up the statistics, they never... Uh, support the argument that's put out there You know, and uh, I want to say uh, Shout out to Candy For all the people that uh, uh, that follow uh, me on Twitter And know They know who Candy is We're not going to even uh, bring her up on this show But the word in the street is that She has a show coming up on Fox soon
7: mm. Yeah, that's right uh, I heard about that too <laughs> that uh you know they always put these people up in the front as K Rhino was saying you know what i mean and they happily and gladly get up there and betray people just like them in order to repeat these talking points uh, that you know end up with us in situations of slavery and genocide and human trafficking It's, it's shameful it's it's freaking shameful but it's out of the same playbook from the 1800s this is what they always have been doing we can always find one that will get up here inside with us and accept the pat on the head until we're ready to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're silk and diamond going, hey, we was with you. What happened? <laughs> you <know? laughs> they right. Just drop your ass like a hot potato just that quick as soon as right. they finish with you. Um, and we know
6: that there are countless people that are incarcerated for being poor. You know, they couldn't afford to pay, you know, a traffic ticket. You know, where it started out with something that was, you know, a traffic violation is not a crime. It's a civil penalty. But civil penalties come with incarceration. And so you have a lot of people that are sitting in county jails right now, and some even in prison, for not being able to pay a fine.
7: For not being able to pay a fine. This is right. And one thing that he was definitely uh, in error about for sure is to, the assumption that everybody that gets arrested and incarcerated mm-hmm. and convicted is guilty of something.
4: Right. Uh, so it's, an assumption,
7: the right. it's the assumption that uh, America would never incarcerate people for profit, for control, for racial reasons that they don't do that and never have done it and never will do it. You're just assuming right off the bat that they, if you're incarcerated, if you've been in prison, you must have did something wrong. In the meantime, Uh, we know that there's like 120,000 people who have been wrongfully convicted. Uh, We also see people being exonerated from death row. Uh, I remember one of the programs we were doing in the research showed that one in 25 people who are executed uh, on death row were innocent of all crimes. One in 25. How many lives do you have to snuff Mm. uh, before you realize this is not working the way it's supposed to be working? The, The United States is not capable morally or ethically of deciding whether or not somebody should live or die because they themselves are guilty of crimes against humanity. I want to pass the mic back over to Brother Dennis so he can add some commentary to that as well. I know you've been doing some research on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights as well as other uh, international laws that we can hold them accountable for. Yeah, I
8: just appreciated seeing the the New Jersey Administrative Code and it kind of just got my mind going like That's like the lowest level, Uh, lowest most local application and enforcement, the action being taken from the right, right? So now I'm starting to think of it, moving it upwards into the law, up through the levels of jurisdiction all the way into the Declaration of Human Rights, Section 4, slavery's abolished in all of its forms. Uh, The treaties that the United States... The treaty to eradicate slavery, and the treaty, uh, the commission to eradicate all forms of racial discrimination. Um, it's kind of, sort of pushing on that. As much as we've been, you know, uh, trailblazing the 13th Amendment, how much steam this movement has caught since August, the end of August, to so September, since so it really started right. going in. Then in a quick couple Dennis, of months, Dennis let, moment me, moment.
6: let me interrupt you just for one second, Dennis, because we have a lot of new callers on the line. SJ, if you're on the line, could you please press one so we know you're there and we'll bring you in in a moment. Sorry about that, Dennis.
8: That's okay. So I was saying that we, if, uh, the same way we are introducing legislation in different states, you know, learning how to lobby and push, learning how to have these conversations, that we need to be doing so uh, as well on the human rights side. That if we keep waiting for the U.S. government and our local governments to allow any jurisprudence to occur or access to uh, being able to litigate any of, this, any of these arguments in the proper courtroom, that then we would have a whole lot more ability to apply pressure. But we're not on, even just talking about it, even campaigning. Just that we know we're going to get you on human rights violation alone in the pitch is enough to start putting pressure and fire on the people's asses. Like, you've already been put on public record. The state of New Jersey, even if this doesn't move forward, is on public record acknowledging that slavery is still legal, right? And and, and with such, they're in violation of international law. Now we just need a way of holding them accountable.
7: If that would go right to brother Andy, right? Exactly, <laughs> perfect segue to him.
4: <laughs>
7: uh-huh. <laughs> yes, uh,
10: I will say I came across this case. I feel like, and I have it somewhere. Uh, the treaties have more power than the law. So, with, with, with brother D out there in New Jersey, we're gonna have to talk about your research because if, if, if with, what you're saying, I can, you know look into it. It, it. it might be a way we can pull all this. It's not, might. There's a way to pull all this together. I'm a research legal historian fanatic, and so what I heard him say about those treaties, I know we can, you know, see if there's a way to hold some people
7: accountable with that. Word. Hey, listen, guys, it's a little bit after 8, and I know I asked you both to stay with us till 8, but I would like to extend the invitation for as long as you'd like to stay with us on the program. We still have another hour left. I'll leave it up to you guys. But just in case, I do want to give you an opportunity to say to our audience whatever you want to say to our audience. And then we're going to play a clip uh, from Brother Dennis Febo and Company, Amendment 13th. And it's a little bit of a remix where I added my voice to it. So let's go ahead and, uh, as I said, I'll leave the decision if you want to stay a little longer up to you and you can continue with the conversation with us. But let's start with Brother Andy. Anything that you would like to say specifically to our audience on abolition today? And any links or anything that you want them to check out? I'm not going
10: nowhere as long as the queen don't knock on the door.
7: That's not one.
10: And She made me a little cocktail, so I think she's saying, baby, do what you got to (laughs) do. My website is www.hoodcandidate.com. And from that site, it'll take you to our party. And if you click on our party and see it it'll, it'll take you to the Democratic Republican Party and it discusses the freedom suits and so it's just www.hoodcandidate.com. Um, I don't do a lot of social media and all that stuff like other people because i just, like i I just like doing the focus on the research, but that's the way to see our platform and like I say, our platform will never change until it doesn't need to be a platform anymore. So our campaign wasn't about a promise of what we were going to do. Our promise was about what we were going to eradicate and eliminate, and it's poverty and slavery. That's what we're going to do. We're going to abolish this unrighteous system, and that's going to be in effect until it's over with, until my three-year-old granddaughter can be like, Papa. Everything's straight, baby Go outside, play at the park, walk down the street I don't care, go drive to Texas Don't worry about it, you can go wherever you want to go
7: mm-hmm. I feel you on that, brother I'll be like, you know, I do not want to tell my male grandchildren and I got nine of them that one in three of y'all are going to end up in prison I, I just don't even know how I could express that to them It's just shameful But let me go over to brother Dennis Bebo As I said, the invitation to stay a little longer with us uh, is open to you, brother, as always uh, tell us anything you want the audience to know. Any relevant links, and if you don't mind, would you introduce Amend the Thirteenth uh, to our audience before we go into it?
8: Oh, you got me as a radio host. I like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, okay. nah, I'll stay. I'll definitely stay on. I'm on the road right now, so I can stay on. But um, but I would like to say, I'm probably assuming. You know, I don't, I don't feel like being fluffy about this. What I'm going to say is pick up them damn phones and start calling these people because that's what we ended up doing, and because I got under other people's asses to make the call, I got under other people's asses to get under other people's asses to make the calls. We started calling. Like I'm, We pretty much had about 100 calls a day, which for the hood and for the people that care about this issue, that's a lot. And for it to manifest, because I didn't think it was I was making that big of an impact as it was happening. A part of me felt like, you know, the second match I was talking, like, this is a waste of time. Like, this is a waste of time. You know, and then to so then hear at the end of the Assembly Committee meeting that this was the most people that had ever participated in this dude's 20-year history of being a, a, an administrator. Never seen that many people call in. That to me was amazing, and it showed that it didn't take, and it doesn't take as much as we think it needs to. It just really, it really is about being strategic enough to know who to put pressure on to make it happen. And here, that means that these legislators, because we are not in a democratic system, because of the fact that we have to go ask for their permission to alter the document that we're that you, that we're in contract with, not them. Right, that. We have to go through them to let us make a decision on the ballot, and because that process is there, it makes this more difficult. But what all that means is we got to put the boots on and the berets on and pick up the phone and start calling people and start making it happen, because it is happening. But we need more people at the table. We need more people to be brave enough to raise their voice on this issue because we have them
7: right now on public notice. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an opportunity for armchair revolutionaries to actually be useful and get thing done, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, brother. Armchair revolutionary. They the <laughs> vanguard right now. <laughs> exactly. They the vanguard in the digital world. They are the heroes right now. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear called Amend the Thirteen.
8: Yeah, this was a call that I made to the artists of Jersey City to come together and let's make the track. Uh, dealing with uh, this issue and abolishing slavery. We knew that, and we all know that art is what reaches our people, it reaches the youth, so we figured we'd take the art and make a message of it. Uh, and We came together, uh, I think it was six of us total. Uh, we picked different tracks, Instrumentals Are Gonna Rock to and we laid it out, yours truly, there is peace in Spanish, so that we can reach our uh, Spanish-speaking community. Um, who don't get affected by the 13th at all because they don't have any of the civil rights. So again, human rights code, but this is, uh, this was a call for our people, uh, to stand up and to learn about the issue. So this is, uh, i 13th cipher, New Jersey, Jersey city version. We'll be
7: right back. You us mm, get it today. When we get back on the other side, we're going to open up the phone lines.
0: Abolition. Day. So, I'm just saying to you today that you need to do two things. It's very important that you do these two things. One, get your language right. Call it what it is. That is so important. Get your language right. When you start calling it what it is, that helps you to understand what you're dealing with and the people around you, you can have a
9: clearer understanding of what they're talking about.
0: And the other thing is to change your mind. Change your mind. Revolution doesn't start in the streets. It starts in your mind. Change your mind about what you're dealing with. Start calling it slavery. Start acting like it's slavery. Start talking to your congressmen and your senators and your prosecutors when you say to them, we want to end this problem. And he says, what problem? You don't say mass incarceration. You don't say over-criminalization.
7: You say slavery. And they say, what slavery? Read the
0: 13th Amendment.
3: I call a spade a spade, it's straight up slavery. So-called ended, extended to the third degree. Involuntary servitude, I ain't did it. Sitting to a five with a ten and I did it. I'm in the thirteenth and real freedom exists. Reparations, can't give back what I've missed. Home on parole just calculated the risk, so it's back to the blocks with them dimes and nicks. Recidivism, trying to paralyze the energy, suppress the ambitions of a black man. Listen, I'm fed up. Still walk with my head up and lead by example, something most men can't do. That prison labor, wouldn't wish that on my worst neighbor. Oppression in the truest form results of poor behavior, and it occurs on the norm. Swarm like them bees in the trees, define unity and power all affected. Let's build our
1: community. peace. Slavery, the 13th Amendment, 96 crime bill, we mostly defend Broken descendants, your folk reap the benefits, the humanize a brother, so we won't reach the census. Three-fifths, is he part of the
4: population? We pissed, we started the operation. The premise, will argue it's
1: not a racist system while we mass be incarcerated. The facts' would be hard to face it. Try to practice the art of patience black and brown we always sanction uh, cheap labor need larger payment crack every crack, crack sentence with the lifers it's opioid and now we got a crisis
3: yeah. The American flag to be tagged with three marks of the sixes. Cause they used to hang us in the park by the fences. Don't care about the suffixes or prefixes. Slavery never was abolished, they remixed it. The proclamation was a prop for the clan. They freed us, but with no crops and no land. So they did free labor when they let us see in the can, Cause we were sourced to crime when trying to feed the fans. Had brushes with the law, Stay consistent. Been arrested 14 times, no conviction. Futurism came out swinging. Sunny Listen, and I represented myself that boy different. My folks built this country, I we lazy. And we bringin' all of the culture, cause we wavy. Me work for 33 cents, you must be crazy. The government wants some of my time, they got to pay me. Michelle Alexander with the new Jim Crow. Saw Abrams 13th and I was like, whoa. Black codes, they weren't codified. Involuntary servant food, I was victimized. So I became the sharecropper Couldn't pay the fee, live a life of vagrancy Couldn't pay the debt of a sharecropper And now, I'm independent century I need that real emancipation No slavery, don't split my situation No progress without struggle like scope In November's ballot question, thanks to be both, Hurt the bottom line of the corporations No more making money off incarceration I'm in the 13s with no hesitation, so I can talk about my mule and my
1: reparations. Uncles and fathers snatched out of the home, uh, leaving mothers and children all alone, taking collect calls over they telephones, and for black people, such a familiar song, not a crack baby, but was born in the 80s. Reagan made a deal to keep my family having great needs, seven uncles, most of them were doing time, all was a flash before my eyes, we don't say speed yep. Got no manners, so most of my homies take pleas Get relief to keep their freedom, gotta pay fees See the orange uniform, it's for the worst team Coming for the bottom, play it off like an A, B like Rules like potato salad, man, who made these? One out of every four in prison, skin is like me, like me. Decades after they implemented the 13th Numb to the pain like we
8: chugging Malibu babies <laughs> de tu espíritu, prende te queda dentro, viene tu luz, alumbra, ilumina tu camino, vive tu vida, tienes un destino, óyeme y coge de este consejo, tú eres libre desde tu creación, deja que tu existencia y tu presencia y tu tan amor y alumbre en la tierra y ahí como nos vamos a elevar, no hay que sufrir y no hay que llorar, vence hacia adelante como un elefante pa'lante en la lucha y echamos
0: para adelante no Bell are the es en libertad No es es Before Christopher sailed the harbor
9: His story that he tells, he's tells a monster and even in the tales of a story, they don't never talk about how they came to conquer. What about the old mechs? Wisdom of the toe text gold tip arrow arrowheads to stretch him like a bow flex. Powers in the march. The artists in the protest. Jim Crow laws and you can hang them by the throat next. 13th Amendment. The dirt is expensive. Based on principles, some folks be suspicion. Even the school systems will school you to miss this. And this is how I move. How I move with the business.
0: This is endless. Abolition. Abolition.
6: Abolition. You just heard uh, Max Parthis speaking at the 13th Amendment uh, showing, or it was a gathering we had after showing the 13th Amendment documentary in Columbus, Ohio back in 2017, followed by the Amended 13th Cipher by T.P. Tony Perkins, Ibn Sharif Shakur, Crisis, Chris Gatson, Keith Chandler, Lorenzo P., and, of course, uh, our brother, Dennis Febo.
7: We are snitching on America today, man. <laughs> we tell telling all the secrets <laughs> in music and uh, in discussion. And with that said, I said I was going to open up the phone lines, and I think I know who's on the line right now. brother, Robert Hall, from Real Talk All The Time, our family out there. What's up, Rob? Welcome to Abolition Today. Hey, what's going on,
11: Rob?
12: Hey, what's going on, brothers? Man, always a pleasure hanging out with you guys, man. When I can get it in with y'all, man. Max and Yusuf, man, I love what y'all bring, man. It's a beautiful thing, brothers. Thank you. Thank, have you, any thank you. Appreciate or comments
7: that. Or our guest, or anything in particular you want to say in addition?
12: Um, just I, I'm just <clears throat> I'm in such awe right now because one of the greatest lies ever told to us was to um, well actually it's a truth, but it's a lie if we don't follow up, Um, to basically look in a book. You know, they said if you want to keep the truth from black folks, you know, is to force them to look into a book. And a lot of us now are actually educating ourselves and we're actually trying to find out what's the real behind what we're being told, but we're actually doing research. So hearing this information myself is just such a joy because I tell you, it's a lot of people that need to hear and a lot of people that need to get involved you know, the slavery situation has been going on for years and it's been going on for such a long time. And, and Max, you know this when we talk, you know, on the shows and stuff and and we just discuss, like, how all of these things are coming to fruition. And especially now, um, I think people are starting to wake up. And it's just a beautiful thing to have a whole bunch of woke people actually educating people and people taking the time to listen, not just hear, but they're actually listening. So each one teach one man and I just appreciate being a part of a network such as this, man. So
7: thank you. Appreciate thank you, you, brother Rob, as always. Uh tell us the website where they can listen to your program and they can find me on that program every now and then too. <laughs> yes.
12: Yes. Uh yes, fam. Um yeah, we are Real Talk All the Time. Um, we are at w dot dot com slash Real Talk All the Time. And again, Max, as you know, and some of the other um, guests as well. Um, yeah, we discuss it all. We, we get into it. Um, you know, we had that situation Friday, Max, as you know, and we just got into the whole racism situation and some other things and stuff like that. But I definitely will check you guys all out too, man, and I'm just glad to be a part of it, man.
7: Thank you, brother. Uh, Thank you. Let's pass the mic over to brother Andy. Uh, you heard the track, man. <laughs> and comments? I saw the video. So
1: I,
10: uh, yep. once I was on your page, and- or maybe when I saw that was what was going on in New Jersey, and I, I saw the video, and I was rocking that Joker. And so right now, when I was <laughs> listening to it, I went into the room dancing. My baby say, "What? Oh, hey, that's fucking suck, sucking, suck." Like she she be knowing all the people who do it, you know. I got a boliqueo, y'all, but she she just she fired.
4: I'm saying it because
10: we was rocking to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm rocking to it. And it just it's just so much like the brother who just got on, you know, it's so much peace and joy when I wake up every day and I'm sitting in the, you know, in the lab just doing this research and stuff to be able to go in there and say, babe, these brothers understand this legal stuff. And when this blueprint is done, all I got to do is send it to Jersey, send it to Alabama. Like, boom, here's what we got to do, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And Mm. just, just do it because we don't have to be lawyers. We don't, all we have to do is understand what it is and say, Hey, we're going to win because we're not going to stop this time." So, that's the joy and freedom that I'm having right now, and it's, man, look,
7: <laughs>
10: I can't say nothing, man. I'm just sitting here smiling to my ears
7: hurt. Really. <laughs> like the brother that testified in New Jersey said, you know, I feel like an abolitionist, and we can all feel like yes. abolitionists here in New Jersey, and we should all be abolitionists. There's no middle ground between, in this argument. It's either slavery or it's not. You're either for it or you're against it, just like the people who yeah. stood up against and for it in Tennessee. There's no middle ground here. You know, you can't mm. sit the fence, and if you do, that's willful ignorance. You're choosing not to take a stand. Mm. And what did Martin Luther King Jr. say about the? Uh, what we'll remember? We won't remember the words of our enemies. We'll remember the silence of our friends.
6: Silence of our friends.
7: So let's mm. pass the back over to Father wow. Dennis with that. Mm.
8: Yeah, it's been very interesting because we've had,
7: you know, I, I,
8: the other day I, I kind of felt some type of way about how these bigger organizations that like we've had two years. Uh, the bill in New Jersey is sat on the desk of every legislator for 20 days. It could not be moved. It had to sit there. It set it on top. SCR 96, you open it. The bill to abolish slavery. They all knew. They all know. So for the amount of ignorance and silence that remain, you know, I went on a, on a live the other, uh, the other day and I kind of started, shot, uh, you know, I fired shots at these bigger organizations that aren't standing up like the ACLU in New Jersey. Uh, the NAACP at the time hadn't stood. But if it wasn't for me doing that, the NAACP mm-hmm. wouldn't have got on the call the, the next day. And stood as NAACP state of New Jersey saying they stood with this which is what CP was created for, right? So mm-hmm. for them or for any of the entities that remain silent, then we know that our part of our strategy is to continuously hold them accountable until they do it so, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's been a big piece of was going on with this is, and I'm really feeling the vibe of accountability.
7: Yes, sir. Me too As a matter of fact yeah. uh, We got a brother here From Alabama On the line One of our co-hosts Of Live from the Plantation Which is heard here On abolitiontoday.org Every Thursday At 7 Eastern uh, Brother Benu, uh Your line is open Hey thanks a lot
1: Max um, I called because I had a question Like I had a question Been in my mind A couple of days And I know I can get The answer right here On this platform um, I don't Okay Prior to 1860, when the ancestors were fighting to abolish slavery, were there any laws? What were the laws at that time? Like, Like we have the 13th Amendment with this, this contradiction, but, like, prior to the 13th Amendment, was there a federal law that authorized what we did with the common law, that some states have a law and some didn't? Like, what, what, what was the legal <coughs> key? What was the, the, the law
7: at that the time? The casual killing what was it called, Max? The Casual Killing Act. That was the law. Uh, that you could wow. kill yeah, a blind person much. Yeah. Uh, for just about any reason and not be held accountable for it because they were property and not people. So it would be the same as holding a man accountable for destroying his own couch, which you can't do. Okay. And that was called the okay. Casual Killing Act, which puts into perspective how they saw us, not as people, mm-hmm. but as property. Okay, so, Max, is
1: that the law that authorized – because, like, it, it's funny that you said that because I was on our thread just last night, and on September of last year, September the 14th or 24th, is the day that you posted that YouTube link in our live from the Plantation Group. So I already know what you're talking about. I saw it yesterday. I wrote it down. I'm like, what is that? What is Max talking about? Well, I think as I run that I asked the question, and that's the answer you gave. But is that the is that so you're saying this is the, the this is the equivalent of the exception clause in the 13th Amendment prior to the exception. This is what made it legal for private property owners to own slaves. I want to make sure I'm on my
7: question. No, it it wasn't the comparative thing to the 13th Amendment. It was the state of existence that they saw us as. Um, and that was the 1669 Virginia uh Uh, Casual killing act. So what I'm saying is we didn't even have an exception clause. Freedom was not part of the conversation for black people for descendants of Africans at that period. There was no exception clause necessary because there was no freedom, at least not in the South. And in the free states where black people were allowed some kind of freedom, they were still subject to convict leasing programs that began in 1777. Uh, with Vermont and moved on to Alabama. I think it came in, you remember the year that Alabama put their exception clause in, right? Was that 1848 or something like that? Uh, I don't want It's somewhere around that time. Yeah, somewhere around that. It was before 1865. So Alabama was ahead of the
1: curve with it. So it's correct to say then that there was, it was not de, de facto. It was de jure. It was not a law that specifically said it. This was just what, like, because I've been trying to figure out, like, what was the legal structure back then? Like, when when, when the 13th Amendment was ratified, did it repeal some other laws? Did it ban some other laws? I hadn't found anything. That's the reason why I'm asking the question. I'm trying to see what was the legal structure of the institution, right. even though we know the, the de jure, we so, know the practice. Right.
6: And so I would say that uh, since we were viewed as property, that it would fall under business law and whatever laws apply to a business commerce. or a, a commerce, yeah, commerce lawyer as to wow. an owner and his property whatever laws applied you know whether someone had uh cotton or whether their commodity was people the same laws applied and so what the 13th amendment did was codify slavery in law. Prior to the 13th Amendment, on the federal level, there was no mention of slavery. What it did is actually legalize it, as you know, since you're, you yeah. know, you, where you are right now, you know exactly what we're talking about because you're living it. You know, so, yeah, the yeah. 13th Amendment just made it legal but with a restriction. So that was the balance okay. that uh Lincoln put into
7: okay.
8: practice. Okay, let's pass
7: okay. it to our guests and see if maybe they want to chime in on that question. Brother Dennis, i okay, okay. will start with you.
8: Yeah, um, I think that when we talk about the property and uh, propertyization and dehumanization, right, so that if you dehumanize someone in law, knows they have no civil rights because you're not a human being. It's like a couch going to suit or, or a stool or a chair. Right. Right. And that is what the Dred Scott ruling was. But now we're looking at where the argument of dehumanization, if we're talking, and it's still applicable to today, pre-1865, the original 13th Amendment with 20 sections, I think it's section 12 or 13. It says, Africans shall never be citizens of this country. Africans or African descendants could never be uh, citizens of the United States. That was their intention. And uh, the Mm. justification had to do with that Africans were not human beings. They were less than human beings.
7: That's what I got.
8: Thank you, brother. Brother Andy,
7: you want to chime in on that?
10: Yeah, I believe the Quakers,
7: they had an act
10: for the gradual abolition of slavery back in Pennsylvania in 1780. And that, that was some, some legislation abolishing slavery, but it really didn't do nothing but just say something. Like, you know, the first time it, they really pushed something is when somebody had filed a suit in Massachusetts about it. And I got the suit somewhere in my research, but um, that's, my research went back to the that right there, uh, when the Quakers was trying to, you know, say, hey, slavery is wrong and, they pin this little coin and stuff. Am I not a man or a brother? In fact, I got a it on my arm. <laughs> so um, that's where I take it back to.
6: No, that's good. In fact, uh, fact uh, Dennis, you just reminded me of something when uh, you mentioned about a couch going to Sue. Back in uh, 2012, the five orcas at SeaWorld, you know, you had PETA. Sue on behalf of those orcas said that they were being held in captivity and it was a violation of the 13th Amendment. And the court actually dismissed mm. dismissed the suit uh, for su- uh, lack of subject matter uh, jurisdiction, saying slavery and, viol- and involuntary servitude are human activities. You mm. know, so they just said there's no basis but, for them because it only applies to humans.
4: And, and
8: also persons, because there's a difference between human and person in the law. Right. right, right. And we have personhood and chimpanzees, dolphins, Ecuador that made the damn Amazon rainforest a person. We got Sophia, the artificial intelligence robot, who holds for personhood and citizenship in Saudi Arabia. The day they announced well, yeah. her citizenship, I was chasing a 14-year-old who got swept up by ICE with no civil rights or access
7: to any rights whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that input. Wow. And then one more thing to add to that, Danu, is six years after the uh, 13th Amendment was finally ratified in Ruffin versus Commonwealth, the Supreme Court announced that prisoners were slaves of the state. So they knew exactly how they were going to roll with the convict leasing, that you were going to from chattel slavery to being slaves of the state, right. as per right. uh, the uh, Virginia Supreme Court ruling. Uh, you want to add more mm-hmm. to that uh, or say any more about it, President? Just, I'll just
1: close in just based on all of y'all's responses. It sounds like this was basically, I know it was the the understanding of the people who were, you know, in 1619, you know, this this is what their plan was for our people. But it sounds like it was just the common law. Like it was understood that this is how things are gonna go. Like there was no written, nothing anywhere saying that this is how black people would be viewed. There was nothing on that level. It was just like pretty much the common law. And Mm -hmm. then the first actual law that came into existence, I guess, that we're talking about in that sense would be like the 13th Amendment or other laws like the 13th Amendment. And those were the first time the actual statutory laws um, start defining how th- this this institution is. W- would y'all
7: agree with that? Does anybody disagree with that? To the best of my awareness, you're correct. Yeah, As you said, yeah, stated, I slavery agree. wasn't in the Constitution yeah. until the yeah, 13th yeah. Amendment. Okay. Right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Indeed. Uh, all right, appreciate I appreciate you. it. That's all I have. No, dehumanization
4: country. was three-fifths.
7: Wow. Dehumanization, yes, three-fifths of the law, Mm -hmm. three-fifths of a a person. Of a human. Of a human, exactly. Wow. Wow. Uh, Robert Hall, did you want to chime in on that? Yeah. um, One thing that I
12: noticed and just listening to the three of y'all, what is the one common bond? Because three particular places was brought up, Um, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and Massachusetts, right? Uh, Commonwealth. And it seems like with Commonwealth they have their own rules. I've noticed that. And I got to do some more digging. There's a little bit more research into it. But it seemed like any type of Commonwealth state, they had a whole lot to do with the mentality for slavery and then some. I live uh, in Virginia, and I tell you, it's it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> crazy here in certain senses, you know, because of the Confederacy and all of the, you know, the different things. And then, I mean, I actually was in places where they had uh, – you know offloaded slaves you know from back in the day especially up in richmond
9: and Mm -hmm. you know
12: when you go to these places man it's a certain type of feel you know you can feel a certain type of just uneasiness you know when you when you look at some of these places and then if you realize how much blood was shed and how much was left behind from an ancestral um phase it's just mind boggling but one thing that i've noticed with these commonwealth uh places, man. They, they they got their own set of rules on how they
7: deal with us, unfortunately. Yes, they do, man. Yes, they do. Well, we are hoping to get our law team together to address these situations, and it's happening. And uh, we're also aiming for congressional hearings. It's very important that uh, we have testimony before Congress on the 13th Amendment and its effects on the U.S. since 1865 and even before Mm-hmm. and get people from inside the cages and outside the cages to be able to testify about how this has affected them. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Brother Benu, uh on you know, uh, Skype before Congress breaking it down, you know what yeah. I mean, and Dennis mm-hmm. and all of the different experts. And I believe that will put Congress in a position where they can never again say that they did not know, and the world will hear mm-hmm. the testimony and expose this thing mm-hmm. like turning the lights on in a room-filled mm-hmm. room. You know what I mean? you mm. see start mm. to <laughs> <turn>. <laughs> that's, that's when like, the accountability yeah, I mean. part comes in because now you see the crimes. Now you can't deny the crimes and now you have to hold the people accountable who are committing these crimes. And I believe that's mm-hmm. one of their biggest fears at this point because many of them are sitting right now in office collecting quite a bit of money for being uh, architects yeah. of crimes against humanity, like Joe Biden, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, uh, go ahead
10: it's um, a so guy, his, his name was Paul Mitchell. He he, he used to sue the United States and stuff. Some research that I, that I have about him talking about the Fed zone. He retired in 2018. I just emailed him a couple of days, and I woke that sleeping giant up in him. Like, he was like, I'm retired. And then he started sending me all this information. And one of the mm. things that we can do as a private attorney general, that allows a regular citizen to go in and sue the state. Uh, or, or, or Joe Biden, for instance, for violating the 13th Amendment. But we can also do it under RICO. And what, what the, the, one of the things under the 13th Amendment, it basically says, if you conspire to violate equal protection rights of a citizen, well, when that 1994 crime bill was authored by Joe Biden, who did he connect to? Strom Thurmond out of South Carolina, a known Thurman. racist. So you right. you have violated that. And so under RICO, RICO basically says, you know, the statute of limitations on RICO is when the last predicate act happens. So anytime somebody gets sentenced under the 1994 crime bill, that's the last predicate act in the last 10 years. And so he never can get away with it because of that. And, and one little background about me, is in two thousand four, I got put in a foreclosure, and I fought this foreclosure for thirteen years. And once I began to understand it, I was suing the Bank of New York, Bank of New York Mellon, these trust pooling and service agreements, just everything in, in federal court under RICO. I didn't win one case, none. Settled two, but I didn't win. I sued at least about thirty of them. But now I look how the Most High had blessed me with the School of the Holy Spirit. To allow that RICO mm. to manifest today. <laughs> mm. how I understand it. And we get to look at all our brothers that's locked up one of these gang enhancement RICO conspiracies and be able to now bring a, a charge against the United States for RICO, for racketeering. And what is the crime? Slavery. Because that's one of the overt acts under RICO. And that is what I'm happy about because when I hear. About my brother Dennis out in New Jersey and the other brothers across in in Virginia, and I said, "Well, here's the blueprint for the Rico suit to come against Virginia, to come against you know our Congress men and women. Answer mm-hmm. the charge. We know you're not going to go to jail, but but drop that loot, lower the loot, give me the bread, so then we can rebuild our communities as
0: Black Wall Street would do.
10: That's that's where we're at mm-hmm. as as a people today to utilize mm-hmm. the Thirteenth Amendment." as the force act that it said it was, and then go get the wealth of the wicked that's been stored up for our generation, which is righteous.
7: I'm in agreement with you with the RICO charges. Uh, Scotty Reed, myself, uh, Johanna and Elijah, as far back as 2013, has been advocating that RICO charges be used as mm-hmm. well, because it is racketeering that's going on, particularly with private for-profit prisons like Core Civic in Tennessee and the GEO Group. That's racketeering that's occurring. And those charges are applicable. So we're finding various ways where we can hold them accountable and expose this at the same time. And with the victories, shows the guilt. Uh, With that being said, we're coming up very near to the end of our program. So what I want to do is give all of our uh, people here today a chance to make a few comments. uh, And then we're going to play a quick track. Then we're going to thank our sponsors and finish with our Bridging the Gap segment which I think everybody's gonna to love today. Like we we've got some special for you tonight. So don't hang up if you you wanna continue listening throughout the program. It's gonna be awesome. All right, so let's start uh with Brother Dennis Febo. Uh Dennis anything you wanna leave us with?
8: Pardon me, brothers. I'm dropping my daughter off right now, so if you could keep moving, I'll come come back. Yes. Mm-hmm.
7: Let's let's go head over to Andy then. Andy, anything you wanna leave us with? My my website
10: is www.hoodcandidate.com. I do not know everything, but together we are everything. I know Mm. what I'm capable of doing is researching and pushing that litigation, understanding the law to make it real, real simple for us to do. And as we begin to rise up, We become a reckoning power of people beyond boundaries without measure. The ancestors are clapping, rejoicing for what we are doing. And I'm just glad to be connected right now.
7: That's it. Amen, brother. We appreciate you being here today for sure. All right, let me pass the mic over to Brother Benu. Anything you want to leave us with, Benu? Uh, Websites or anything like that? No, I just want to say that um,
1: the United Nations... Like the and this is kind of like in response to what the brother's talking about with litigation and stuff like. And I'm not gonna I'm just skipping the United Nations, but I'm just saying this: the International Criminal Court has the authority, the international authority, to prosecute human rights violators. And I think that on the on the individual level, like what we have, what we're experiencing in the state of Alabama, I think that the administrators, the commissioners, these people are subject to you know, the jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court because the United Nations does not have uh, prosecuted, prosecutorial authority, but the International Criminal Court does. And so I just think from a strategic standpoint, like, we know that we're not going to be able to get relief from their institutions. Like, it's unrealistic to think that their institutions <laughs> and their laws are going to give us our freedom. And so that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that when we have this conversation, and we talk about these things, I think that we should just be, like, mindful that, 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 These are human rights violators and that there is a court because we see them in Africa all the time, trying to prosecute our relatives uh, in uh, international crimes and stuff. And so I just wanted to put that part out there, like maybe that's something that when we talk about litigation, we have to consider where is there a form, even though they control that form too. Like we thinking they're just going to solve it, but just, you know, just want to make sure I just throw
7: that part out. Thank you, brother. And you can Thank listen you. to Brother new every Thursday uh, live from the plantation right here at abolitiontoday.org. It is uh, created by, hosted by, and produced by inmates. Certainly a revolutionary pro- program. Uh, Robert Hall, any final comments for us tonight?
12: I tell you, man, um, once again, just a beautiful platform to be a part of. Um, each one needs to teach one, and it's Grand rising fellas, and it's a it's a brand new day, and the awakening is happening. And I think when we have uh, platforms such as yours and and the other brothers that was on, man, it's just a beautiful thing as well as mine too. Um, we are again real talk all the time. www.blogtalkradio.com dot com slash real talk all the time. We're on Fridays, and I tell you, man, um, I just love being a part of a bigger picture, and I believe that what we're all doing even though that it may be separate at times, but collectively it's just a, a, a tool and it's educational for the masses. And a lot of people are gravitating to what we're talking about. So I thank you all. And you guys educated me in such a short time this evening. So thank you.
7: Our pleasure, brother. And thank it's a you for that. Thing. Uh, think Dennis is ready yet? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, brother Dennis. Yeah, uh, if you wanna show any support,
8: uh we're on Amanda thirteenth NJ on Facebook and Instagram. Um, anything that you can do to help the movement out here. We have until uh July thirtieth to get both on both agendas. So anything that you can do to contribute. Uh besides that family, I'm really uh feel blessed and I feel blessed to be around your brothers as well. For anybody that's doing it, that's even if you just started, man, like even if this is the first time you just heard it and it's motivating you. To me that says something about your spirit, right? That you know that you cannot stand for injustice and a lot of us have been fighting for justice. We just never really knew where the pressure point was. And I know this is it. This is that, that one hit that one hitter quitter, that one haymaker <laughs> that will set up the uh that will set up the rest of the platform on what else we can uh, be able to accomplish as a community. Right. So with that being said, family, our chair.
7: Thank you, brother. I say, brother. Uh, we appreciate everyone who called in tonight, our guests, the callers. Uh, thank you so much for participating in tonight's discussion. As we snitched on America and told all of the, the dirty laundry, put it all out there for everybody to hear. <laughs> just like we did in our testimonies in uh, states all across America over these past few months. You uh, said what I want to do is we're not going to kill that puppy. Let's go ahead and bring that puppy back to life, play that track, sponsors, and then get into our final close uh, for the evening. Is that okay with you?
6: That's okay with me.
7: All right. So I want to give a shout out to Jan Anthony Kenny. Uh, Spreading Love Unconditionally. Uh, They spoke about us a little bit recently and uh, dedicated one of their programs to the 13th Amendment. Uh, We'll be meeting with her and Senator Cecil Thomas very soon. Uh, Ohio also had hearings and submitted their legislation. So what you're about to hear is a a little clip from Spreading Love Unapologetically, and also that will be followed by Andra Day, uh, who is recently in the Billie Holiday uh, film, and it's called Stand Up for Something, featuring Common. You've been listening to Abolition Today at abolitiontoday.org with Yusuf San and Max Parthas. We'll be right back after this clip. Abolition Abolition. Today.
2: We need Abolition. to be boosted on ground. We need Today. to be bringing awareness, spreading awareness, and educating people that slavery is very much alive here in Ohio and across the United States. There's only a handful of states that have abolished slavery. I want to give a big kudos out to Abolish Slavery National Network, yes. um, and as well as um, mm-hmm. Abolition Today, Max Parthis and Dennis Fibo and their entire team. There's a lot of them that are behind us. I, I don't know all of them individually, but definitely wanted to throw Max and Dennis's names out there because they've been working, especially Max. Like, I see him sharing his memories all the time, and like they're dated like 2011. Yeah, you know what way, I mean? Like they he's been doing bad. this work for many, 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 many years. And like I said, this was just brought to my attention. Like I just learned myself a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So, um it's nothing to be ashamed about not knowing. Exactly. You know, now's the time for us to um educate ourselves and be more knowledgeable of it and more importantly do something more about it. Right. Do something more about it. You can have all the money in your hand All the possessions anyone can ever have But it's our worth the treasure True worth is only measured Not by what you got, but what you got in your heart You can have, you can have
7: Because it don't mean nothing if you don't stand up for something. And now we got something to stand up for. Man, I love the music that we be dropping here. People talk about there ain't no music that they can hear that's good music. They, they need to turn on this program, right, Brother Yusuf?
6: Absolutely, and we tell them all the time, remember to subscribe to our YouTube page for all the news, information, and music you hear on this program, youtube.com slash Abolition Today.
7: All right, let's, uh, you want to get into our sponsor's appreciation?
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we want to thank Jailhouse Lawyer Speak, the IMW, Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Say My Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Black Talk Radio Network.
7: Amen, man. It's been a pleasant, wonderful, enlightening night. Energy is uh, powerful, and I love the accountability conversation, because that's something that's left out when you talk about things like mass incarceration and policing for profit. There's no accountability factor in those narratives at all. Same thing with prison abolition. No accountability in that at all, or with reform. So I appreciate everybody being here today, our guests, Dennis Bebo, Andy Williams, our callers, Robert Hall, and Brother Ben New from Life and Plantation out of Alabama. Um, any final comments before we get into our Bridging the Gap segment?
6: Yeah, just something really quick. i say we as – this is a quote. We as uncompromising abolitionists contend that chattel slavery is a violation of man's inherent God-given right, that no system, custom, tradition, usage, precedent framed into law except for crime is a justification for the enslavement of any of God's children, and that's by the abolitionist William P. Powell. October eighteenth, eighteen 1861
7: I was channeling him with my testimony in Jersey When I said something very similar I was thinking right about him when I wrote that Alright, no doubt, man uh, You can hear us here next week AbolitionToday.org, of course And our archives available 24 hours a day Seven days a week uh, You can find them on all the major platforms Make sure you listen to last week's program With the great-great-grandniece of Harriet Tubman. And two weeks before that, it was the great, great, great grandson of Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington. So there's always prizes right. to be found in our archives. Um, with that being said, you want to introduce our uh, Bridging the Gap segment for this evening?
2: And, and just before we yeah, do that,
7: let me just say this. Mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you all for listening and being here tonight. Uh,
6: peace, Max. Peace. Peace. Uh, as always, we'll be uh, bringing the voices of the ancestors back to life. This week, we bring you Pauline Jean singing Ain't I a Woman. It's, that's by uh, Sojourner Truth. So she's doing her rendition of it. We'll be back on March 21st, inshallah, God willing, with another master class on slavery abolition. And don't forget to tune in to Live from the Plantation Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Until next week, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you all.
0: Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
2: We need to be boosted on ground. We need to be bringing awareness, spreading awareness. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
11: Across the street That same man over there Said you should treat me with the best But what happened to me What happened with the rest Ain't a woman Look at me Look in my arms I have worked so hard, but you just can't see. Hey, Tau, woman, I brought life into this world. My baby boys, my precious girls, you took away from me. Hey, Tau, woman. dressed in black said, you can't have as much as me. He said, cause Christ wasn't a woman. And that was his logic, you see. But I said, excuse me, little man over there. Where, where did your Christ come from? He came from God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with it, son. Ain't I a woman, look at me. Look at my heart I have loved and nurtured despite my reality. Ain't our woman, try walking a mile in my shoes. You wouldn't last a day or two. If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn this world upside down, I have no doubt to tell. My words make them heard Hate I Oh M Abolition after data after datum after
0: datum.